You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is Malia, your host as usual, and today I'm joined by my full cast of co-hosts. We've got Shauna here. Hello. David. Hi. And Matt. Hi. And hey. Hey. We back. We back. Uh, It's been a while. (laughs) We took the summer off. Uh, from podcasting. Sometimes I'm not sure about how language is supposed to work. <laughs> is it appropriate? Would, would this be a good time to use hot minute? Yes. Okay. So I, I don't think it's ever okay for you to use hot minute. I don't think so. <laughs> no. Well, cause, I mean, because it happens at my house sometimes yeah. and people are like, it's been a hot minute. And I'm like, I. Yeah. But from your teenagers? Yeah. Okay. See. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I see. I don't, I, I don't I think. See. I just land. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fine. I mean, you use Hot Minute if you feel good no, about that. No, it's challenge yeah. Sunday. <laughs> you feel good. It's happening if on you're cool. Sunday. <laughs> I just say you need to fight those feelings. Yeah. <laughs> just make up words. Like well, what if I can't do, fight right? this feeling anymore? <laughs> oh, no. And there's We're the gone. music Here reference. we go. Malia, bring us back. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we can't go a podcast or maybe even a sermon without a movie or a music reference. Definitely not right. a staff meeting. There's usually several of those. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yep. We've learned a lot, mm-hmm. I feel like, about yeah. obscure movies. Right. Um, so, what have you guys been up to? Like, we've been gone all summer from podcasting. Like, catch us up here. Shauna, what, what? have you been up to? Oh, gosh. Same. Kids. Life. Ministry for kids. Good deal. You yeah, just I, took like, a field I, trip I got nothing. Night. I was like, same old, same old. Um, we did. We I feel the passion. Middle schoolers. Um, I took middle schoolers to Fields of Faith. And then um, a bunch of our high schoolers drove themselves because they're not going to ride the middle school bus sure. with us. Um, so, yeah, I think we had like total 75 people from Vinton, kids from Vinton there. So Wow. Yeah, that's good. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a fun night. Good deal. Yeah. Good deal. Uh, David, I feel like this is a great time to mention that... Uh, he does, in fact, have a full-time job. I do have a full-time job, Aside yes. from being our community pastor mm-hmm. here. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know how many times I have people say, oh, he has another job? Yes, it happens at least once once a week. Yeah, <laughs> Let's clear least. the air. Yeah. I, I do have another job. I, Where he coordinates. I still mm-hmm. coordinate, yes, I do substance prevention, substance abuse prevention in the county for, yes, my grant that I'm under. But, yes, that is my... So what's been up with, with me is I've been doing that and, of course, filling in a lot more since Matt was off sabbaticaling. I don't even know if that's a real word. but It is now. I don't it is it. now. I accept it. In this um, and uh, <laughs> yeah. it will be a hot minute before you use oh it. My it, it would be. Um, <laughs> just got over COVID, which that was awesome. So I can put myself as part of the COVID team now. I'm a survivor. <laughs> so... <coughs> Anyways, that's about all I've been doing. All right. Matt? Um, I was on sabbatical. Yeah, tell us about that. It was great. I mean, a little... Oh, you wanted more. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is not like you. No. um, (laughs) I don't know what that means. but So, sabbatical was good. Eight weeks uh, is what the the elders um, gave me and asked me to take and and spend. And it was a good amount of time. I I had some classes that I took that I'd been waiting to take and some, some good books that I read and um, series that I, I, I went through. And um, so there was a lot of learning and a lot of growth, but then also there was plenty of time to just sit and read scripture and pray and uh, kind of map out vision and future and some of those things. And so uh, it was it was a good amount of time that was well spent and I, um, you know, missed being here a little bit. Clearly. Um, why, why did you say that? <laughs> because um, for those of you that don't know, we might have caught Matt out here a couple different times when he thought no one else would be here. Just, you know, getting something. Mm-hmm. And I'm using quotes here, air quotes, getting something from his office. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he just he just missed mm-hmm. the daily grind. I I. <laughs> Don't always view it as a grind. I like ministry and I like being here. But yes, I did miss it. I missed you guys. I was happy to be back. And so 
Um, and it felt kind of um, bad for my soul that when I got back, you guys decided to go home and be out with COVID. <laughs> and, you know. Yep. You, felt, had, a, you had to wait a couple extra weeks felt, for a staff meeting. It felt yeah. personal. Um, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. But but I'll get over it. <laughs> You're you're right. The way Malia and I felt, we we feel bad that you yeah, yeah. We, you felt I'm sorry bad. Sorry to hurt your feelings. Uh, so well, uh, David was talking when he when he first got it, he didn't feel bad, and so he was like, "Yes, I'll be quarantined. I'll get to catch up on all of this stuff, and then and the then, bad happened yeah. later." Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and here's the thing: I would have much rather have been here for staff meetings than had COVID. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I guess. Well, that's good. Yeah. I guess I mean, I'm glad. Yeah, I was like, that's yes. a good thing to say. Yes. Yeah. Turns out COVID sucks. <laughs> oh yes. So, well, I'm trying to think what our last podcast episode was even about. Were we still in First Corinthians? Was that? I we think left yeah. Off? We we finished up with First Corinthians in uh, the end of June, and then we took a break for the okay. rest of the summer. That's what I was thinking. Um. So now we. We got to go through some fun series over the summer that David took us through. Um, but now we are smack dab in, not the middle yet, but kind of towards the, maybe the first third of Ephesians. And we are going to just continue kind of digging in a little deeper. Because um, I know that there's, despite the sermons being, you know, 50 minutes long, there are more things to say about wow. Ephesians. She wow. couldn't stop herself. That was not even veiled. That I was just direct. I wish you could have seen their faces. Wow. <laughs> All right. So. Hmm. Tell us She's like, I don't even, even care. <laughs> uh, we just That's love you funny. guys so much. And mm. they're so blessed. So blessed. Um, so let's do this. But that blessing because, stops at 50 yeah, minutes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Anything <laughs> over that. <laughs> blessing stops at we're 45. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're pushing it at 45. Oh. Um, so anyways, I think like just with how our Ephesians series started, it kind of was like David started us off as super great. Then he got COVID. And then um, we had Lowell in there filling in. And then you were back. Like it feels like it's been a little discombobulated. So let's just kind of go back to the beginning a little bit uh -huh. and Matt why don't you kind of um, as our favorite <clears throat> Bible teacher calls it read the envelope <clears throat> of Ephesians like to who was it written who wrote it why was it written you know the okay. kind of the basics who's our favorite Bible teacher that says well my read favorite the envelope? Bible teacher is Jen Wilkin okay so Jen Wilkin says yes read the she envelope. calls it reading the envelope which I like it. because if you think about it if you got an actual letter in the mail from someone would you not look at who it's from just tear it open read two sentences from the middle of the letter and then shut it and then be like oh how does that apply to my life today? Like, absolutely, we would not. We'd look to see who wrote it to us. We'd read it from beginning to end. So we had some context. Like, there, we would do the same thing, right? We would. So. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and I do get that it feels... Um a little disjointed when in three weeks to start the series, we had three different... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah three different pastors preaching which yes. is three different styles and and it, it's hard to gain traction that way but and going back and listening and i had the the benefit of um you know i wasn't here for those sermons i was still on sabbatical but i got to listen to them and uh, and really i did feel like like there's a there was so much there that helped set the stage for even me then as i'm opening up and getting ready to preach through my sure. you know next sermons on ephesians that it really helped me kind of understand where we'd been and where we were going. And so, uh, I mean, this this book of the Bible that we know as Ephesians, uh, it's a letter that Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. Um, and as Paul writes this letter to the church in Ephesus, he's actually sitting in, uh, we say jail, it's a little different, it's house arrest. Um, but he's been in jail and in house arrest for a long, long time. Um, under Roman guard, uh, but he's not in jail because the Romans have been angry with him. He's actually in jail because the Jews are trying to kill him. Uh, and he appealed to Rome because if he had been set free, the Jews would have killed him. 
Um, and so he appeals to Caesar and, and he ends up being sent to Rome. And at this point, he's been through shipwreck. He's been through all kinds of things. And he's um, he's there kind of reflecting. Uh, and so as he writes this letter to, to the Christians in Ephesus, he's not writing them to correct something. And I think it's important for us to remember as we read this that he, he didn't get a bad report about the church. Uh, he didn't witness something that was problematic in Ephesus. Um, he's writing them as a, a way to encourage them so that they can step into the reality of the church, the gifts that they have, the, the blessings that God's granted them, the, the reality of this uh, body of Christ that, that's realized in this new kingdom. And he just wants them to experience everything um, in a real tangible, significant way because he wants them to make a difference. Um, and so, so this letter is, is that letter of just encouragement that you didn't become a Christian to live a mundane, ho-hum, crappy existence, right? God made you new in Christ so that you could thrive. And, and it's that kind of letter. Good. Good. So David, I think when you started us out on the first Sunday, you said something about it being um, like a letter that was circulated. Yeah. Can you um, kind of so, dive deeper into that? Yeah. So basically, if you go back and, and look at some of the earlier manuscripts they have, you know, which of course is so important for us to look at, um, that there's actually a space in... Um, when it says to the saints and then it says in Ephesus, a lot of the early manuscripts actually have a blank space there. Um, meaning, you know, kind of the way they, they view it is, is it probably was sent to Ephesus first, but it was never meant just for them. It was never a letter meant for like first Corinthians was meant for Corinth. You know, Ephesians is not like, so when we call it Ephesians, we look at it like it was just to this group of people. The reason it was probably sent to Ephesus first is because that was kind of like the hub of that, that area. And, and then it was an easier, you know, to, to then spread from there. Um, so, again, yeah, this was never meant to, to be a, hey, just this one church. This was meant to circulate. So then that blank space actually gives every copy the chance to fill in the sure. blank almost. So sure. then when it goes to the next city, you can then fill in to the saints in the city to the saints in this city so um f or, or ephesians was, was no email there's no email um <laughs> ephesians is probably one of the books of the bible that that definitely um most everybody in the early church that first century church probably received heard processed through um and, and so it, it's yeah it's probably spread throughout all the known church very quickly for that purpose well and mm -hmm. peter references Paul's letters, right? Mm. And he calls them scripture. When you read through uh, first or second Peter, you know, he, he talks about scriptures and, and he includes Paul's letters in that. And so there is, there is a quality of that. That's like, Hey, you've all seen these, right? You've read these things that are inspired by the Holy spirit. And this is what it's for. You'll notice at the end of the letter too, there's an indicator for that, right? When he finishes the letter to first Corinthians, second Corinthians, when he, when he finishes that letter, there are a lot of these personal, like, hey, that person whose house I lived in, mm -hmm. talk to them. Talk to. We yeah. get to the end of, of this <laughs> this letter to Ephesus. He he isn't going into that great detail. He's like, hey, this one guy that brought you the letter, he'll tell you how I'm doing, <laughs> right? Right. Sure. Um, but it's not mm -hmm. this this significant detail about you and me and our relationship and history together. So as you were listening, Matt, to um, the sermon, the first two weeks mm -hmm. of sermons, um, what would you, what, is there something you'd want to add? Uh, no, not necessarily. I think in chapter one, um, I think, you know, Lowell and, and David did a great job of laying out that what, what the purpose is, right? Um, and, and I, David said it, I think, as I was listening to his sermon, um, and I listened to, to David's a couple of times because it set the stage, right? I listened to it, um, but when it, I was, it was over 50 minutes. I know. 
Wow. He stopped listening at 40. Oh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, I listened to it on podcast, so I played it at one and a half speed. Oh, so, there you go. No. Oh, David, David's voice on I, one and a half speed. I'm actually kidding about that. I didn't listen to David at one and a half speed. Um, but but I listened, partly I just listened like as if um, as if I was just like, I want the information. Yeah. And then I went back and listened again in terms of, okay, I want to build on what, you know, so one was just for mm-hmm. me. And then sure. the other one was I, now I want to I want to build where I'm going based on sure. you know so we sure. can yeah. we can walk but but one of the things I noticed when I was listening the first time and then I, I highlighted kind of in my notes the second time through was that that David was was really clear about look God wants you to experience the fullness of Himself uh, and everything He has to offer that you are not lacking in anything and and, and that's to me, that's the flavor of the whole beginning of this. Uh, and it really kind of bleeds through the whole letter is Paul's concern that the church not settle. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not really written to individual Christians, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes we take these things and we say, okay, well, for me as an individual, now I've got to pick out a truth or do something. And I mean, sure, we, we do that. Mm-hmm. But Paul's writing to them as a body. And he's like, look, as a body, you're not lacking, right? And God wants you to experience the fullness of, of everything that he has for you. And and that includes the riches of grace, uh, you know, the 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 grace of God, the, the the power of God that rose Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit, that's yours. And uh, and he picked you, you know, we, we, we joke and talk about predestination and election and all of that all the time. It doesn't really matter, right? Because no matter how we, we look at that, no matter what side of that we break on, the reality is that God does pick us. Nobody would disagree with that. God draws us through the Holy Spirit to himself. Um, we all have in our free will to decide, but but God draws us. Um, and in doing that, he endows us with all of these things. And so I, I, thought, I thought that David and then Lowell adding to it really set the stage well uh, for just the, the tenor of the letter, which is God has more for you. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be poor in spirit mm-hmm. like you think you are. Not, not I mean, Jesus mm-hmm. tells us to be poor right. in spirit, but, but in mm-hmm. this context, like, like you're not lacking as a church. You shouldn't be scraping by as Christians, right? You shouldn't be weary and mundane. You should be thriving and you should be bold at all of these things. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I thought I, I don't know that I'd have a whole lot to add from that. I thought it was it was a, a good um, kickoff. Sean, have you been enjoying the series? Yeah, I have been. What's kind of stood um, out to you? Well, I really like when the stage is set that way. So like we really know what we're get, like how everything you just explained. I think that's really important to not to be able to take it in context. Um, I think that. Okay, I'm not going to lie. The whole predestined stuff, that does kind of, <laughs> that does make, I try to not get caught up on that, knowing mm-hmm. that that doesn't really, in the big scheme of things, matter. Um, but That's that, okay, because it's not like anyone really, like, talked about it during the sermon or yeah, cause, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, so, so I think that that Which was, is weird, like, considering you took fifth, I think it's <laughs> <laughs> um, So I think reading through, like, I have to not get caught up on that and, and be like, wait, what, you know. Um, sure, yeah. So, yeah, if we read like towards the end of chapter one, um, I, I love the verse. Um, it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. that lives in us. Like, that is really powerful to me. I think sometimes we read this book as just history and that we don't always put it like this is still alive today. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about that just this morning and just how, as people, we like to do things on our own and just how myself like I love to google things to figure out how to do things and sometimes I wonder if we approach God that way like well we'll we'll try and handle it on our own first and we'll see if we can do it and then when we can't then we turn to to God and Mm -hmm. like he's saying the same powers there like you don't have to do this on your own like Mm -hmm. you come to me first and so like that's that's Mm -hmm. always a convicting Mm -hmm. text to read for me yeah 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 I was listening to something the other day um, where they were saying that sometimes we forget that Jesus is 
still working. Right. That we, we kind of mm-hmm. think of him like he's already done his part. Yeah. He's like in retirement, right. hanging out right mm-hmm. now. But he is working on our behalf right. constantly. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a really good reminder yeah. for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I've been doing is uh, I had I got um, a John Stott commentary, which I've never read any John Stott. And I've really, really enjoyed it. And I think, Shauna, you said during, probably during First Corinthians, that you were reading some commentary or something mm-hmm. and checking to make yeah. sure that, that what, right. what Matt and David know. were preaching was like, right on. And so I, it made yeah, me right? because I was like, oh, yeah, so like, should we making sure they're, right? Well, okay, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. I remember I like, Shauna said that she was impressed. Yeah. That, yes. That, it that I was. Out, that you that did know. That it turns out I... we did know what you're talking about. So where did we land on your scale? Um. Yes. You, Woo, you and David ma'am. definitely both, like, you know yeah. what you're talking about I'm, absolutely i'm doing ephesians on right now media too oh, just to make sure checking your work like JD Greer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah 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 that's good i mean it's i think i did that in a like, small group once yeah. several years ago yeah, yeah. those are you yeah, know what it's, good. it's lighter right because they're mm-hmm. they're shorter snippets right. but it is so it's not good. 55 it, minutes it is it is so good to get into <laughs> yeah, those it all, is and right now media mm-hmm. does a great job with they all do. of their their book studies that they publish yeah yeah. Yeah. So, sorry. Um, what what no, else about John fine. Stott? I was just going to share this little snippet um, where he is looking at uh, verse, let's see here, chapter 1, verses 11 through 14. Um, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. And he, so he mentions to the praise of his glory twice in those two verses. And um, so Stott, he says, um, why then did God make us his people? For the praise of his glory. And then he goes on to explain what that is. And I think I shared this with you, David, too. Um, to live to the praise of the glory of his grace is both to worship him ourselves by our words and deeds as the gracious God he is and to cause others to see and to praise him too. Um, I, I really liked that. I thought that was a really good little mm-hmm. little quote there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah I'm super good. digging the John Stock commentary. It's short and simple um, and super accessible for the average person. Well, so, Which I so need. <laughs> we say that, but you say that, and, and frankly, that's what this is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This this letter, yep, is short, right, and to the simple, point, like, and it is super yeah. accessible mm-hmm. to the to the Christian. And and that back to David's point that yes, it went to Ephesus, but it went to Ephesus as the epicenter, mm-hmm. and then it spread from Ephesus to these other churches. It, it was short and simple, right. and it was meant to be easy to digest mm-hmm. and understand, and. And that's if we're making it more complicated than that, then mm-hmm. we're missing right. something. I mean, yeah, we're sure. we're muddying the water where it doesn't need to be muddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, the reality is, I love you know when you were reading that text, um, you know, not necessarily the point that that you were making with the commentary, but but this, you know, all who were the first to hope in Christ might be to His praise and glory, uh, and, and part of that is. When you heard the the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and mm. believed in Him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Yeah. That goes back to to what Sean is saying mm. earlier. Like this is alive, yes. and part of how it's yeah. alive, I and mean, we have to understand this. Part of how it's alive is that the same Holy Spirit that breathed it out is in mm. us as Christians, helping us breathe it in. Like I mean, that's when we say it's living and active. I mean, that's part of how right. this works. Like like God breathes this out. And then he's in us as we breathe it mm-hmm. in and let it do its thing. It is simple, mm-hmm. and it is uh, profound in that way. And so it, it, it just it's, yeah. There's yeah. there's so much there to to really dig into. Mm-hmm. What else we got, David? Uh, well, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, <laughs> Share them. I, I really do. I in mean, less it's. Than 50 minutes. <laughs> 
All right, 50 minutes. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everybody. She's, she's really digging into you. Everybody right? get comfortable. It's just out of my mind. She right? just gave me 50 minutes. I'm taking it. I'm watching that clock. I'm going to go get some more coffee. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, all I got to say to all that is, Lord, I am sorry that we can't. I'm just <laughs> sorry we can't talk more than 50 minutes about you. Uh, <laughs> Anyways. Do we need like to release like a short version and like an extended a version, like right? Yeah. Director's cut. Yeah. Pastor's <laughs> cut. Yes. <laughs> it's the Snyder cut. It's yeah. five yeah. hours. I like it. <laughs> Anyways. Can Sean and I do the like commentary? Sure. Oh, yeah. Let's. I don't know, but you're eating up into my 50 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like mystery. I, I'm picturing like Mystery Science Theater 3000, yes. right? Where yep. you. you Yes. Anyway, David, thoughts? So anyways, you were saying. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just really tempted to sit here quiet. Just, just sit here. Anyways. We'll wait. But I'm not. Um, so the, the two main thoughts that uh, go through my mind is I agree, you know, that this book is amazing where it talks about all the things that God has done for us. But I think it's important to always remember um, we're not the focal point of this book. Never should be, never will be. Um, it, it's that's going back to where you talked about, you know, the praise of His glory. Um, in fact, in the first half of Ephesians one, Paul talks. He mentions the praise of God four different times, and just the first fifteen verses or fourteen verses. He, you know, he starts the the letter saying, "Praise be to God." And we focus on the, you know, oh, he's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. That's what we focus on. But Paul didn't say that where, hey, how awesome are you that you've been blessed with it? He's like, praise mm-hmm. be to God. Yeah. So the whole reality of this of this letter is rejoice in what God has done for you, but be extremely humble that it's not about you. It's It's all to the praise of God. Um, God is the, the foundation of everything. And and so I think that's important because we have to always keep that right perspective, um, that it's all to God's Mm -hmm. glory and it's all to God. He's the focal point. And, and that's what Paul lays it out. The other thing, I mean, I, I won't go into a lot of detail with it, but, um, I was extremely um, saddened that I wasn't able to preach the second sermon because um, I was really excited about that second part of chapter one. And again, I could take 50 minutes because I have a 50 minute sermon that I didn't get to do. Um, I was joking, David. And, and it was a good one, too. Uh, but, but the thing that, that I'll just share just real quick that I like about 15 through the rest of, of chapter one is simply this, that I, I think what we have presented here in chapter one is two separate um, realities of the Christian life. And what I mean by that is I think a lot of people just stop short with verses one through or three through 14, this reality of what God has done for us and this amazing things that he's done through salvation and the, the sealing of the Holy spirit and the fact that we're chosen, the fact that he's lavished on us forgiveness and all of these things. But then all of a sudden in 15, you know, Paul, makes this statement where he's like, for this reason, right? He's saying everything I just got in talking about for this reason, he's, he's like, I celebrate you. I'm excited about you. I hear about your faith. We hear about your love. And, and he's like, and I pray for you. And then Paul goes into three, I see it as three distinct prayers that he's praying for the entirety of the church, that this is the level of Christianity that most people do not even come close to entering into. Like Paul's raising the bar, not raising the bar as, hey, how horrible are you if you're not here? He's saying like, this is what you should be desiring. This is my desire for you. This is like what God's desire for you is because of all this other stuff he's done for you for this reason, all this other stuff. This is what God really wants for you. Right. And if you look at what he says, he's got three prayers. He basically prays. He prays one. I I, I want God to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know him better. Paul's like, first and foremost is I want you to know God better. I want you to know the presence of God. Like you have never known the presence of God before. So don't be complacent. Don't be complacent. He's like that. You're our number one desire as Christians is Paul's like, are you living to be like, I want to know God more than I've ever known him before. Like today I want to know. And that's why I like, he says better. Because he's not, he's just like, look at, he, for this reason, he's done all this for you, but I still want you to know him better. Yeah. Like, that's my prayer for you is that you know him better. Mm-hmm. But again, what I love about it is Paul's like, but you can't know him better. You have to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Mm-hmm. Right? So again, it goes back to as Christians, we, a lot of people might be hearing me say this and be going like, okay, what do I got to do to know him better? You can't. 
it's God that allows it, he reveals, right? So that's that hum you know, like God, I'm gonna humble myself, but I'm gonna seek it. Like give it you know, I want that. So I guess the challenge for us, I, I would say right now, is how many of us listening are really right now in your Christianity, like, I want to know God better. Like, I can't do it on my own, but I want it, right? It's like yeah. desire. Um, the second prayer then he is in, he starts talking about that your eyes of your heart may be enlightened to, in order that you may know to the, uh, the hope to which you have been called, um, that he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. So once again, he's going back to what's been given to us. And I think Paul's praying like, man, as Christians, I want you to have the right perspective. Like you need to see your life, to see your, your day, to see your world, to see everything through the perspective of your inheritance. Like most Christians don't do that. We view life through the circumstances of the moment. We see life into what's happening in the world around us. We see life based on the lies and the false beliefs that we have hold on to and just the way we see things. Paul's like, that's not what we should want. We should like, I want you to have eyes to see the right perspective of everything. And then the last one, he starts talking about that power. And he's just like, man, this is the power you have. As a Christian, he's like, I want all Christians to have this power. So I see these very three distinct prayers that Paul's like saying as Christians, this is what we should be striving for every single day and every single moment. The presence of God, the perspective of God, and the power of God. It's like, these are the prayers that... And so I, again, I say, I think most Christians stop short with verses one through, or 3 through 14. Like, yeah, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, I'm chosen, like I have it, I'm going to heaven. But Paul's like, man, for this reason, because of everything God's done for you, strive for this. Like, this is my prayer for you. This is my desire for you. This is what I want for you. And again, it ends, everything ends with him going back to the glory of God. He, he ends it with the glory of Jesus. He's like, listen, all of this is only possible because Jesus is exalted above everything. And, and this is where he's at. And, and, and I'm not going to go into Matt's sermon, but then I love how, you know, in chapter two, he, he ends talking in chapter one about the glory of Jesus. And then I love how he just changes. He's like, and as for you, you were dead. Like, I love how he's just like, he, he's like the most exalted moment ever. And then he's like, as for you, like, I just love it. It's a continuation, right? I mean, it's a continuation of that thought. Cause it's like, well, how did we, how did we get this? Well, you didn't, right? It was by grace through mm -hmm. faith. But, mm -hmm. but I, you know, as you're talking about those, those, um, that dichotomy, right? And I, and I think that's, I mean, obviously, in the first part of the letter, he sets the stage for the letter, because really, that's what the whole letter is about: is don't stop here. But there are um, storehouses of of things that god has for you so that you can live this abundant life not because you're awesome but because god is and, and you're not saved because of this stuff but you are to live this stuff now that you're saved and so you know this this um you know presence and perspective and power of god sets the stage for everywhere else we go in this in this letter and everything that paul wants them to do is to stop Stop just trying to get by as Christians because that's what we do, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think we got into this in chapter two a little bit. Um, and it sounds like, David, you would have been there if you had been able to preach that second week in the series. You'd have been there um, in the second half of chapter one. But the idea that that most of us were like, hey, we're saved. And now that we're saved and can have confidence in our afterlife, now we just have to gird up our loins and muddle through and figure it out. I know I say that and you and you flinch. That's why I say it. Um, listen, I mean, gird them up, um, right? Okay, sorry. Put on your big boy pants. And something and, about loins. I, know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not feeling it. Girl, oh, okay, I, don't, I know. Anyway, um, well, let's just take a hot minute and talk about. Why <laughs> sorry. Well done. Excellent usage of the word hot minute now that I know for sure how it's supposed to work. Um, anyway, like, but, but the idea that, that there's just more for us and, and too many of us settle. Um, and in that, we, we feel burnout really easily. Mm -hmm. We get exhausted. We get frustrated. Anxiety skyrockets. Uh, and, and somewhere, we just know it's supposed to be different. Um, but we can't feel it. And honestly, I think people quit because of that. Um, or at least they they take significant steps back, um, and and it's just I think Paul is 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 
wanting to encourage people not to get stuck in, in that habitual mm-hmm. um, striving of the Christian life, but instead just to lean into what God has. And Yeah. Um, important question, David. So judging from the title of that sermon that never was, mm-hmm. because you were sick, mm-hmm. um, what was the title again? I have no idea. Something I don't even know like if I got the... the power or something like that? Or like, wasn't that like woven into it i can't remember i either i way, remember doing the write-up but i can't remember referencing he-man am yeah, I, yeah, right yeah okay. i remember that so was it's there, been a long time ago was there going to be a he-man video clip or graphic there, or something there no there oh, wasn't i don't so well sad. no i actually did think about actually now that you mentioned it i did think about actually having the you know where he raised the loft his mighty sword and yes. you know by the power of grace call and yes. you know i have the power um <laughs> if i ever get to do the sermon again and i'll use that same stuff i mean matt told me last week i can go get a tattoo so i'm gonna go get a he-man tattoo he I told been, you you can get a tattoo he did he in a sermon he told all of us oh, oh all of us. okay yes yeah. while you're eating and i and i sure. and i get it for all eternity so, I mean, yeah. it's like, let's just go make that investment. It's going to be on our, on our new resurrected body stuff. Th- mm. I, Is I, it I for all eternity? Here's the thing. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, it's not like I've been there. Um, but I don't know why it can't be. I just, right? Like, because to say that, oh, no, that can't have a place in heaven says mm-hmm. that there's something wrong about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there is something wrong about sure. it. No, obviously, obviously, I about I, that, I you know, does it mean that I have to have it? No, I don't think that's true either. If mm-hmm. I have a tattoo that I don't want, yeah, I'm like, okay. Um, but I don't know that I wouldn't be able to have it. Hmm. All right. Or my nose ring. Or I just had to give him a hard time about it because I said something to him about it. Not that I was like disagree. I just said, I thought that was kind of interesting that, you know. Yeah. yeah okay. But well, I'm just saying, get tattooed. If you want to get tattooed. If I remember right. the And if you going, want He-Man, you get He-Man. Although hey, that's a little weird. No, it's not. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, it's not if you know David. That's no, right. I, that's feels true. totally normal. That's, that's right. true. Yeah. Um, okay, whatever. I, I, <laughs> I'm not saying that, that towards you. I'm it, just yeah. saying like, I'm saying whatever to try to get my brain back to like, <laughs> like okay, whatever. Come back. <laughs> like, <laughs> come back. Um, Jesus. We had more important things to talk about. <laughs> Uh, I, I think the, 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 my thinking behind that, especially in the write-up and whatever the title, I don't remember, is, mm-hmm. is that whole section, though, again, it goes back to most of us wrestle and fail in our Christian walk because we assume that the responsibility of it, it's on us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not on us. That's why Paul keeps hitting on the fact Christ was raised above every power, dominion, authority, every name. Like Paul, I mean, that's a huge section of just that, of him trying to explain who Jesus is and the position that Jesus holds. And, and, and th- that's why I love that section because, you know, it all starts where Paul's saying, I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father, that he may give you. And then he goes into all this. And it's like this. That's why I think so many Christians wrestle is, yes, we have responsibility in, in how we live our lives. We have responsibility in seeking after God. We have those responsibilities. But it, it, it all goes back to, I always stand on, you know, where, where Paul said this in, in Corinthians, where he says, listen, uh, when he's talking about who's following who as far as leaders, and he says, one planted, one watered, that doesn't matter. Only God makes the increase, right? So it, it's kind of the same thing is, is, yes, my responsibility is to plant and to water, right? That, that's what I can do. I can, I can seek after God. I can seek truth. I can put myself in the places where God's mercy is and grace and seek after him. I can do those things. But I can't, ca- those things don't automatically cause the increase. Because if they did, then I'm able to manipulate God. Mm-hmm. Right? If, I, if they did, then I can say, God, I did A, B, and C. Now you have to do right. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that now puts God into my, like, I become the puppet master of right. God. Yeah. Right? So, so I feel like a lot of Christians, when I read that passage, it's like, man, that, the power that is given to us as Christians, right? But it's not my power. It's not mm-hmm. mine to manipulate. It's not mine to control. It's, it's mine to use in the glory of God the way God intends. I plant. I water. Mm-hmm. He yeah. increases. Mm-hmm. And these yeah. are the, this is what I see as the increases that Paul's offering. He's like, listen, you can know God better every right. single day. Like you can know perspective. Like you can see things from a heavenly perspective, like an eternal perspective, everything. Right. And, and you can have this power. 
And, and so that's, I think that's where my mind was going a lot with that was just like this. Um, I think a lot of Christians, that's kind of, uh, now that I think more and more about it, most of us live like Adam from He-Man, you know, like, but He-Man was like, I have this. And mm-hmm. he would tap into that. And right. it just, so I think that's where my mind was going a lot with that mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. So two things. One, I love that you remember the guy's name when he wasn't He-Man. Adam? Prince Adam? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like, okay, He-Man I got. His alter ego, oh. nothing. So that, oh, that was yeah. impressive to me. Okay, I thought you were talking about Adam and Eve, and I was like, no, I, Prince know, Adam. I know I don't know a lot about this stuff, but I was like, how is that? Yeah, how no. is he bringing that in? No, so, no, he's, well, talking, that is, he's talking yeah, about but, Adam from okay. He-Man, who yeah, is gotcha. He-Man when he's not when he's, He-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so I, that It makes more sense now. Two, I, yeah. I appreciate the perspective that, that you're putting out, like that... that that God does offer this increase, right? He absolutely does. Uh, but he offers what he offers, right? Not what you decide it might look mm-hmm. like. This is my issue with the prosperity gospel, right? One, because it does what you're talking about is it, it makes us the puppet master of God, right? Well, I've done these things. So therefore I'm entitled to these blessings of God. And almost as problematic is the idea that those blessings are what I want them to be. Uh, and what I've decided is most important when the reality is God knows best as my creator and the sustainer of the universe who is omnipotent and omniscient and faithful and loving and, and generous and all these things. He knows what blessings are going to really be blessings for me. Mm-hmm. Right. And he offers these things, his presence. He offers his, his uh, power. He, he offers all of these things, um, and yet the prosperity gospel tends to turn those offerings of God into what I think will bless me. And it's not that God isn't willing to give us. He wants to give us. He already has, and he wants us to realize it and live it out. It's just not what we think it is or what the prosperity gospel often teaches Mm -hmm. that it should be. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. David, I'm curious, um, just one last thing here before we start to wrap up. Um, what is, since you weren't, didn't preach this past Sunday, mm-hmm. um, the, the verse, what is it, let's see, 19 and 20, that's, you know, pretty popular. I would say a lot of people have heard about Jesus being the cornerstone. Um, I'm just curious your thoughts on, on those two verses. Are we talking? 19 chap- and 20. Of chapter two? two. Chapter two. Uh, 19 and 20. So the we are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people, mm-hmm. um, members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Um, so Je- we should. I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know about Jesus being the cornerstone. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. curious your take. Well, I so whenever I, I you know that I've always been taught about cornerstone. It's it's two things. It's the cornerstone is the like. The, the the stone that holds everything together. So if you mm-hmm. remove the cornerstone, it's like this is the it, it's the anchor mm-hmm. stone. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the cornerstone is also the alignment stone. It's the first one that's laid, and then every stone that's laid after that has to be aligned with the cornerstone. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you know you can't keep anything crooked. So so what that you know so when I think about just that one question of the cornerstone that one word whenever I think about Jesus as the cornerstone it fits two things first is this go back to what I said before all of this is based on Jesus mm-hmm. his glory his power his work everything he's the cornerstone if you remove Jesus it all falls apart so that's something we have to and and a lot of people might hear me say that and go yeah of course but stop for a second and ask mm-hmm. wait a minute though look at your faith Look at how you live your life. Look at how you make your decisions. Is that true? Like, are you treating him like right. that? Are we like, treating yeah. him like he's the one that's, that unifies us? Yes. You know, that he holds it all together. Yeah. Yes. That he's the, mm-hmm. you know, the authority. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of like uh, uh, the reign of God in our lives, right? I think a lot of us have a reign problem. Meaning, you know, like, do we really let God reign as the mm-hmm. cornerstone? Like the yeah. authority, mm-hmm. the one that has to be there. Um, but then the cornerstone of the alignment, right? My responsibility as a Christian then is to allow myself to be aligned 100% with Jesus. The building doesn't work, whether it's That's the good. church or whether it's my life, my family, being a father, being a husband. If I'm not in line with the cornerstone, then it's not going to work mm-hmm. because that's the purpose of the cornerstone, to hold it together, but also to set the standard, to, to everything lines up with that. 
And, and that's ultimately what Jesus, you know, was saying. Like, if you built, you know, build your life on my teachings, right? You're going to be a man that's built on the rock. Security, stability, you know, stability. He's the authority. But then he also talked about, you know, um, <clears throat> follow, you know, he, he just said, follow my teachings. If you love me, follow my teachings. Like, I'm the, I'm the standard. Align with me, right? Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. It, it all lines up with that's how I know mm-hmm. what a cornerstone is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're not going to make Jesus the cornerstone unless you do what Paul's saying there. Where he's, he's changing our mindset. We're no longer, you know, you're, you're no longer foreigners and aliens. He's like, I've changed your identity, right? So you have to have a mindset of change, uh, a mindset of different um, to be part of this. So th- that rings true for every aspect. Like I said, how we build the church, how we build our families, how we build our lives individually. He's the authority. He's the standard. So you could extrapolate that even just to, to people that just a sin in general, right? Cause we still even, <coughs> excuse me, even after week one, of, uh, not week one, uh, Ephesians two, week three of the series. And we talk about like, we are all, Right. He's like, but you, you were dead in your transgressions. Right. Some of us have pretty good lives. And yet Paul says you're dead. Well, why? Well, because no matter how pretty the structure is, if it's not built on this cornerstone, it's off. Right. And, and, and it, it ultimately it'll crumble, but it's off. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And so not just for um, churches and families, but even just individually, as we say, well, why do I need Jesus? Right. Like my life is OK. And, and we get that from a lot of people, right? My, you know, a lot of people are in turmoil and distress, but there are people out there that aren't Christians that they, they're doing okay. I mean, I think we all know it. They're doing okay. They're thriving. They're financially secure. They're relationally connected. They're, they're, they're right. And they're, they, they would look and say, well, why do I need something else? I'm building a, a thing that makes sense, but it's still off center. It's still not right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's ultimately going to crumble. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, maybe they'll be lucky enough to make it through this life before it crumbles, but man, there's still a whole long eternity after that. Mm-hmm. And so I, and yeah. how tragic yeah. to make it through this life without it crumbling. Like that's yeah. the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and because we need things to crumble. Well, <laughs> but that's why the Bible also says talks about as cornerstone. Peter talks about it that he's also the capstone, and that he says either either mm-hmm. you're going to be some people stumble over him, or you're going to get crushed by him. Yep. <laughs> See, Good that's reference. that's again going back to that's yeah. the two standards, right? Authority of your life, the the foundation of your life, but also the standard, right? So either you're going to get in line with the cornerstone, or you're going to get crushed by the cornerstone. And, and so those, and those are the two things. If you know your, your kingdom or his king. So, so again, it gets overwhelming, you know, but I, I still go back to all that. It, it's just that beautiful promise that it's all about the glory of God and, and the fact that he is the one that does it in us. Cause I, I, even as I'm sitting here and we're looking at it, I love how he ends chapter two because he says, and in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Well, when you read that, the first thing I think of is like, Oh, how cool is that? We're getting built together. It's like, wait a minute, David, stop. It's not about you. <laughs> a temple is built for the glory of the deity that's being worshiped, mm-hmm. right? That you don't build a temple to say, Ooh, look at us. Look at our, you know, it's like the temple is for the glory of the God that it inhabits it, right? So even there, it's like Paul's saying, is, again, you're part of this, but it's still not about you. Mm-hmm. Like, And you're not the one doing this work. God's making himself glorified because it goes back to what you were saying before, where to the praise of his glory, right? Like, yeah. he's going to make that happen. Yep. And, and so it's just that good reminder through all of it because I feel like it takes that pressure off. Right, because sometimes you could read this stuff and be like, "Oh man, I gotta try harder. I gotta do more." Well, yes, I'm not saying we don't need to step up in our faith, but I'm just saying it's like he's the one that does the increase. So, like he's the one. I love um, one eighteen where it says, "I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light, so that you can understand the confident hope He has given to those who called." So, like you read that and you're like, "Yeah, it's all about me," and then follows with His people who are His rich and glorious inheritance. Like it's not like we look at eternity like it's our inheritance, but like us following him is his inheritance. And so, I mean, just that simple sentence. Yeah. It's, I mean, turns it all back to back. This is all about God, not about you guys. Yeah. You, you look, there was that in two, I don't know if verse eight or, or seven or something in there, you know, he talks about like that idea that 
the reason he's doing this, you know, David, you keep saying for his glory, his inheritance, his temple, right? But we read in two and in, in, in that, that, you know, part of why he's doing this work in us is so that he can brag about how powerful and how great he is. And look at the grace I demonstrated in their lives um, in, in this future glorification. And it's like, yeah, this is all about him, right? And But it, it makes, it, it's what makes the Christian life so difficult to understand. Mm -hmm. It's all about what he's doing. He's doing it all. Yet we have to do our part. And what does that look like? And where does God's part end and my part start? Or how do they work together in this thing? And, and that's a complicated thing for us to work through. Um, and too many people end up assuming they own it all. And then there's a lot of people that end up assuming they don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. And yet part of the striving of living the Christian life is figuring out how we cooperate with what God wants to do in us. Uh, and, uh, and I think that's part of what Paul's dealing with here as we get into the rest of this letter, you know, sure. I mean, he's going to talk about living by the spirit, right? What does God want to do in you? How do you cooperate and how do you do this right. in, in, in life, in the church? Now he's going to be dealing with it in chapter three if, What's this mystery and how is God doing this as a church? And then in your families and then with your spouses and with your children and, and with your other relationships. And so he's going to start to help us play this forward. Mm -hmm. How do we balance this out between what God is doing and how we participate? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, hey, guys, it is good to be back. It's fun to be able to sit around the table and talk about the Bible and give each other a hard time and whatnot. Um, I think that's I've, just you. I've missed that's that. just you giving people a hard <laughs> I just, time. I just like to instigate and, and it. Shauna. And then it snowballs yeah. and it, we all participate. You mocked my hot minute. <laughs> that was well deserved. <laughs> oh, so when Shauna does it, it's yeah, well deserved. I mean. <laughs> but when anybody else does it, they're just being mean. Uh, I mean, that's whatever. <laughs> so I think it's safe to say we're all looking forward to uh, being back and recording more on a regular basis. Our every other week is what we'll be going back to. Uh, this fall, we're planning to continue uh, digging deeper in Ephesians as we work through it um, all the way through Christmas, yep. right? The, so, week, the week before Christmas. We'll awesome. End. Good deal. And hey, also to mention, if you're listening this month, October, um, it is Pastor Appreciation Month. and Which I is mean, really Staff much, Appreciation Month as, as well. As much as we like to give you guys a hard time and make fun of you and whatnot. Like we love you. We appreciate you. I think it's so clear, especially when we do um, podcasts and you guys are both here together. Shauna's mocking me. Right now. Maybe she's not agreeing. <laughs> she's like, yeah, she's like, I tolerate, um, but having you both together on the podcast, giving your insights side by side, like that to me is just one of those things where I'm like, man, we are so lucky to have both of you. And so, Thanks, guys, for all you do. Thank you, Shauna, for all you do. Um, our church is just very blessed. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs>